This is Life Admin Life Hacks, a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently, to save your time, your money, and improve your household harmony. I'm Dunaro Roberts, an operations manager who still relies on my dad for advice about everything relating to cars. I'm Mia Northrop, a researcher and writer who doesn't get excited about cars or driving and will be first in line when the driverless vehicles go mainstream. This episode will give you all the hacks you need to fuel your car admin system. Hello and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. Before we dive into today's topic, thank you to our latest reviewers on Apple Podcasts. A special shout out to What Nicknames Aren't Taken, who says, so many good hacks. I'm feeling more organized than ever after putting in place some of these life admin hacks. Thank you. Well, thanks to you for taking the time to rate us and flag to other podcast listeners that this show is worth their time. If you know someone who is feeling like their life admin is a little chaotic, do them a favor and send them our way. So for this app, you're going to want your to-do list ready to catch the tips because I've had some Yeah, schooled me. (laughs) Uh, And if you're driving, be ready to put the show on pause and summon Siri to add some reminders to your list. Yeah, so car maintenance and repairs and all things car, you know, why is it life admin? Well, it's actually a really big expense. So the average two-car household in Australia spends about $17,000 a year on all the costs related to cars. I mean, that's some serious money. So it's about 13 or 14% of people's income in Australia. So really paying attention to where you can save money is really important. Yes, so there's definitely money savings, but also peace of mind that your car is going to be insured if you happen to have an accident or damage it in some way. We're going to cover it off that in this episode. And you obviously want peace of mind that your car is running well and not going to let you down in in a moment. So this episode, we're going to talk about car registration, insuring your car and maintaining it, getting it repaired. Yep. So Mia, shall we kick it off with car registration? Yeah. And this is one of those areas that's quite transformed in the last few years in Australia. We all used to have those stickers in the corner, the left-hand corner sticker, different colour each year. Yeah, and they've been abolished in every single state and territory in Australia. I had thought maybe it was just Victoria, but all states have, have done it. And this has actually resulted in thousands of motorists who'd never previously had a problem with the law being fined for driving unregistered vehicles, including one of our very close friends. So it's pretty funny, actually. And it's I guess it's really where life admin comes into it. If you haven't got that under control, uh, you can easily inadvertently drive without your car registered yeah because you used to get a letter in the post that would have here's your sticker here's how much you need to pay and you go off and pay it and you peel off the sticker and try and get it on the glass all smooth without any lumps or bumps it's stressful enough in itself but that that envelope doesn't come anymore you don't get a sticker so you either well depending in your state you can still actually opt in to get the mail there have been people who've been caught out because if you've moved house and don't have mail forwarding set up, then you might not get that letter and so you don't get the reminder. But you can also get notified by email or SMS. I literally actually just got this last week. I got a little email from Vic Rhodes that said, it's time to pay your rego with my registration number there. I loved how they call it rego. I know how Aussies talk. Yep. I got a little link to pay online through BPay or credit card 
You can log in to Vic Roads to get your certificate of registration. You can also see how many demerit points in your driver history when you log in. So it was pretty smooth. I was, you know, the only the stickers I have in my car now are parking permits these days. Yeah, so you should be able to log into whatever your state's road authority is to set up whatever is the best notification system for you. So obviously Mira and I recommend going for email and if you've got a really humming uh, life admin email address, using that is obviously going to be the best way. But you can, as Mira said, also get it in the post. I did laugh though when I was researching there's a company that's set up that you can actually get like a pretend rego sticker where you can write the date that it's due as a reminder if that's what yeah. is really important to you, but that's certainly not what we would recommend. That's kind of, that's cute. Yeah. A bit of nostalgia there. I'm sure the designs are awesome. So a few things to note with your registration. If you have a healthcare card, you're eligible for a 50% concession in Victoria. Oh, that's national, I guess. The healthcare cards are national. In Victoria, you get a $100 discount if you have a hybrid or electric car. So if you have one of those or you know someone who's getting this, my mum's about to get a hybrid car. I don't know if she's aware that she gets a discount. And you can also get short-term rego. So you can actually get three or six or 12-month registration. So if that's helpful for you, less money up front compared to an annual lump sum, then you might want to take that option. And within the My Account section, you can actually also adjust your reminders. So it tells you that you're going to get one at six weeks, at two weeks, and then one week after your rego was due, that's when the emails and SMSs come out. So you can set those notifications to be convenient for you. And they also have the same options for licensing as well when your license is about to expire. Yeah, so you can rely on those or you could use your own to-do list system or if you like it, there's that app that's called Get Reminded, which also allows you to set reminders up for things like registration and car insurance. Yeah. Okay. Car insurance, let's do the deep dive. Oh, I had some more comparison shopping to do. Yeah, so there's lots of car insurers in Australia and so it can very easily become overwhelming. There's more than 30 now, more than 30. You've got all your basic insurance brands, you've got supermarket brands, random names, random brands, female-only insurers now as well, which we'll talk about in a a moment. But essentially when you're looking at car insurance, you want to think about whether you're going to go comprehensive car insurance or third-party. The major differences there are that comprehensive Car insurance will provide you with coverage for things like accidents and theft, but also weather events like hail or fire or stormed. And if you're involved in an accident, the insurance will cover your car and property. So if you bash bash into a pole or a wall or a house or something, and also the other person's car and property are covered, even if you're at fault. If you get third-party car insurance, on the other hand, it'll only cover you for damage you cause to someone else's vehicle and property not your own property or vehicle. And you might take that option if you've got a really yes. old car <laughs> and it's actually not worth paying. Yep. It's actually cheaper to go buy a different car. So if you are going for the comprehensive policy, there's a few things you need to think about before you start going comparison shopping. So the first one is whether you want to go market value versus agreed value because quite often the market value might be lower than what you think your car is worth. So really thinking through what might happen, particularly if your car gets written off completely and understanding what the outcomes are there. Also, whether you want to recover for personal property that's in the car if it's stolen or damaged. So this might be if you've got 
you know, if you leave an iPad in the car or someone breaks in and steals all of your music or your sunglasses, which has happened to people I know, or, you know, whatever random awesome stuff that's in the car that someone's decided they want to nick, or car seats as well. If you've got multiple car seats in the car and you've shelled out for those and they get damaged in an accident, whether you want those covered. And you can also have a think about whether you want road assistance included within your insurance or whether that's something you might get outside of insurance. Mm. And another thing also to really think about is how you're going to use the car. Uh, A lot of insurers now will offer significantly reduced premiums if you don't drive your car very often. Uh, So you might also want to have a think or really understand how many kilometres a year you drive on average because that can be um, a factor in determining your premiums. So other special features might be whether you want to choose your own repairer or you're happy to take the car to one of their preferred repairers and whether they provide a rental car after theft or accident. So I've had a couple of occasions, (laughs) some flashbacks when I do the research for this, when I have had to have the car repaired and they have provided a service where, you know, you drive to the repairer, a taxi will then pick you up and take you to the rental car company. You drive the rental car around and then when it's time to collect your car, you take the car back to the rental place, the taxi will take you to the mechanic and you can pick up your car. And all of that was organised and paid for by the insurer, which was incredibly convenient when you're trying to get to work and ferry children around. Yeah. So in terms of looking for the different insurances available, there's a couple of comparison sites you can have a look at. So uh, CanStar, as we often recommend, Finder, and you can also have a look at Choice. Yeah. So these are the we recommend these sites because essentially you don't have to supply a lot of personal information to get a quote. Nothing really above what they need to determine what kind of risk factor that you might be as a driver, as opposed to some of the other comparison sites out there where you provide a lot of personal information and you're going to get the hard sell with a phone follow-up, you know, a phone call follow-up and you can start to get hassled. And often those other comparison sites don't have the, all the products that represent the whole market. They have a subsection of providers and they heavily promote specific products that those providers want to push. So CanStar, Finder Choice, pretty good at indicating which products are sponsored or they have promotion and just take a sort of softer sell attitude. Yep. And it's also worth noting that you can insure a car that isn't registered to your name if you're the primary driver of the vehicle. So really thinking about who's going to be the primary driver before you go and start getting quotes because it's the primary driver's risk information that you're usually well that you are putting in when you're um, applying for car insurance. This has a major impact on cost. If you are a household where if you're a heterosexual couple and there's a female driver and a male driver, women drivers statistically a lot less risky. They have fewer accidents. They drive better. They have fewer traffic violations. They're more careful drivers. So women have much cheaper insurance premiums. So if you have a if you're a one car family and you can legitimately say that you know the female is a primary driver of the vehicle, then put the policy in her name because you will get cheaper premiums. The same thing goes if you're you know got a big age difference. Insurance is cheaper for older, more experienced drivers. So I'll often ask you whether anyone under 25 is going to be driving. If you're in a situation where a primary driver legitimately is older and more experienced, then put the policy in their name because they will also get cheaper premiums. 
And there are now insurance companies in Australia that offer policies specifically for women. And there's actually an insurer called Stella that is just for women. And I did a price comparison and nearly fell off my seat. I didn't have no idea. So that's definitely something for me to have a look at too. There's other ways you can also save on your car insurance. So usually you get a discount for paying annually. So it's worth checking what the price difference is and if you can afford it paying up front. Taking advantage of safe driving rewards programs for consecutive years. Or also uh, one of my favorites is varying your excess. So as a general rule, if you put a much higher excess, you'll get a lower premium. So that's particularly useful if for some reason you've had an accident, it was your fault, and then your premiums jump a lot. You might want to think about increasing your excess to try and absorb some of that difference. Obviously, as long as you can afford to pay the excess if you do need to make a claim. Yeah, and that safe, safe driver rewards or no claims bonus, that, that starts to make a big difference. If you stay with the same insurer for several years and you haven't made a claim, make sure that when the renewal comes up, you give them a call and chat to them about that because it does, that can make a significant change. The other thing is if you just buy a car insurance online, you often get a discount. So if you don't actually call a call centre and do the transaction on a call, you will save money doing it DIY online. Yeah, it's also worth really looking at some of those challenger brands for car insurance. So I recently got our car insurance through Woolworths um, and not only is it a really cheap price, we also get 10% off our groceries once a month, which, you know, that can really add up over time. So having a look at some of those is really worth it. Yeah, and with mine, like so we were getting multi-policy discounts because we had our home insurance, like a home content and the car in the same provider. And they have been seamless in the past where if I have had an accident or I just handled it really well, but I just did a price check through Stella. The Stella came out more than $1,000 cheaper than what I'm currently paying. And when I went onto the website and pretended I was a new customer, that was also hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars cheaper than what I'm currently paying. So I'm going to be switching as soon as we finish doing this podcast. I can't believe it. I do think that the, often what you think when you're getting a multi-policy discount, it actually isn't one, it just it's appearances. So it's definitely one of those ones that's worth shopping around, you know, if not every year, every couple of years to make sure you're getting the best deal. Okay, Mia, so now let's should we move on to car servicing and maintenance. Yes. <laughs> We're laughing. So, We're laughing. <laughs> we are laughing. So maybe we'll start with car servicing. So I think the first thing to really know is that often when you buy a car, the dealer may try to make you believe that you need to take your car back to them for servicing. And often they even offer you the first service for free. But you really don't have to go to the car dealership to get your car serviced. I think that some people believe you need to go to the car dealer to keep your warranty intact. But the ACCC is very clear on this point. Any qualified mechanic can service your car and fill out your logbook uh, as long as they use quality parts. And going to an independent servicing shop will not affect your car warranty. Mm. So it's interesting to see the stats around this. Because most, like half of people think they have to go to the dealer to maintain their warranty. About 90% of people, if you buy a new car, about 90% are servicing at their dealer and you were possibly paying a premium for doing so. Yeah, so it's definitely worth shopping around. It is still really important 
to do your regular services. So what's in the logbook is really what you should do to maintain your warranty, even if you don't regularly drive the car. And I know a lot of people who've been working from home because of COVID and often a second car is not getting used. And so they might think they can just skip a scheduled service, Mm -hmm. but it's really important um, to do that service even if you know, even if you're not driving the car, at least on an annual basis yeah. um, to really save money in the long run. Yeah. So shopping around for a mechanic, definitely. Skipping a service, no, stick to that schedule. Yeah, so that's definitely one that's worth putting as a reminder in your to-do list. Often your the where you get your car service will put a little sticker on your windscreen, mm. but just having that also in, the, in your sort of to-do list system will be really easy because if you set it for, you know, say six weeks or eight weeks before the car service is due, you've got the best chance of getting the appointment time that's suitable for you. And if the car servicing shop offers loan cars, you've got a much better chance of being able to secure a loan car if you book well in advance rather than trying to book in a hurry before you head off on a road trip or something like that. The other thing to realise is that sometimes car manufacturers will also offer a capped price service, which sort of sounds enticing. You think, okay, well, there's there's a maximum I know what I'm up for for each of my scheduled services. But often when you actually look at the nitty-gritty, the cap price service in reality won't often cover some of the critical service items specified in the schedule. So it still means that replacement parts can cost extra. So you don't automatically think that that cap price deal is going to be better value. This is where asking friends is really helpful if you don't have a service centre that is reputable and also just checking whether they're within the licensing scheme of your state or the Motor Traders Association that they're a member to make sure that they're reputable. Yeah. When you're getting the car serviced, you want them to contact you before any unplanned work is carried out. So if if the car's in for servicing, they should be calling you and say, look, we've picked up this, we've picked up that. Do you want to do this now? And I did get my car service this month, so I got the inevitable phone call. Would you like to change your windscreen wiper blades? And do you want new tyres? And I'm like, no, the blades are fine, the tyres are fine, but, you know, they're going to call and try and upsell you possibly. So you've got your car service, but there's still some things you need to do on a regular basis at home to make sure that your car is safe and in good repair. So, so Mia, how often should we be doing at-home car maintenance? <laughs> well, you know, I didn't think I did have to do any at-home maintenance. <laughs> I rely on my dashboard little indicator lights coming on and saying, you need more oil or you need to top up your windscreen. Oh, my God, I can't windscreen wipe of fluid. And Dinah's, well, like, no, you need to, like, chop. You have to check that stuff. And I'm like, there's computers in the car. (laughs) Dinah made me run out into the street in my pyjamas with my Udi on to get my owner's manual from the gov box to read what it says about putting your oil. And what does it say, Mia? Okay. Page 365, because these owner's manuals are so dense. Depending on how you drive and the conditions in which the car is used, oil consumption can be up to half a litre per 1,000 kilometres, yada, yada, yada. For this reason, the engine oil must be checked at regular intervals, preferably when refuelling. <laughs> so basically they're saying... Every time I refuel, I should be checking the engine oil. I have never known it is supposed to happen so frequently. The tire pressure, it says once a month. 
and yep. condition before starting a long journey. Yeah. I do think for most cars, you should be regularly checking oil, the water and the tire pressure and also the tire tread. How often, you know, I did, I went back and asked my dad, who's the expert in all things car, like how often really should we be doing this dad? And he's like every two months, like unless you drive a lot, every two months is probably enough uh, just to make sure that all of those things are in order. So I think it's about being realistic and setting some sort of system around how you do that, but certainly also before you go on a long journey. And I guess that the, the shift there for me is the idea of preventing like cataclysmic engine failure versus yep. having the vehicle running optimally to save on fuel costs. Tire pressure is all about, you know, if they're at optimum tire pressure, they're need less fuel to get around. So I hadn't really thought about it in that way. And I'm kind of like, wow, I think car manufacturers should do a lot more nudging and prompting of drivers if that's what's actually required to keep it at optimal running. Those dashboards can do a, a lot more than just have my Apple Car Play my yeah. podcast on it. They should be telling us this because I had no idea, no idea. And it doesn't even feel viable and feasible to do it that often. Like that's a lot of maintenance. Well, it doesn't take very long. It's like a two-minute check, the oil and the water. And I think the tyre pressure, it's one of those things I think often people do neglect and they do end up running their tyres. Their tyres wear out much faster than they otherwise would. And mm-hmm. a new set of tyres is really expensive. So go out today, Mia, buy yourself a tyre pressure gauge. Why do I, because- do I get that at the car at the petrol station? You probably can get one at the petrol station or one of those, you know, auto parts stores. There's loads of them around. And it just means that you don't have to rely on the pressure gauges at the petrol stations, which are often broken because people throw the pressure gauges down on the ground and treat them badly. And it also means you can do it at home. So then you know when you get to the petrol station whether you actually need to go and put air in the tyres or whether they're actually okay. I'm just thinking Um, about, you know, how often when you refuel your car, how often do you see people checking their oil? Like never. This is a thing. I think there's an opportunity for like one of the petrol stations to bring back full service petrol pumping where someone comes and does this for you. <laughs> More things to do. <laughs> and I think the other thing that I have actually been guilty of not doing, but my dad is always good at reminding me, is making sure you think about getting your tyres rotated because they wear differently on the front and the back. So really every 5,000 kilometres, if you go and get your tyres rotated and rebalanced, it'll actually get a lot more wear out of your tyres so they'll last for a lot longer, which is obviously good for the environment and good for your hip pocket. Oh, gosh. Do they do that during your normal service or is that? They might do it as part of your normal service. Some of them you might have to ask, but you can just go to any of those tyre stores like Bow Repairs or Tyre Power or a bunch of them and you can they can do that while you wait. Like that can be, you know, a half an hour job while you sit there and, you know, do some life admin on your phone. It's it's not a huge burden and it will save you lots of money in the long run. Okay, clearly my poor little vehicles have been very neglected. <laughs> Maybe it's because I don't have my my car doesn't have a name. Maybe I should give it a name and then I'll care about more. <laughs> Does your car have a name? No, it doesn't have a name. But I do find that we really think about pairing it as part of any kind of longer trip. So we have put it on our holiday checklist, which is sort of at the beginning of our sort of holiday planning checklist, which is, 
check the car, which often reminds us, oh, let's actually go and get the tyres rotated, things like that, because it's a trigger that we're about to do more kilometres. So I think it's thinking about what can you pair it with that makes sense that's on a regular, you know, that same kind of cycle. All right, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pair it for if I go down to the holiday house, I'll do my checks then. Yep. I know one of the things we're going to talk about in this episode is whether you actually need a car. Yeah, so it's quite interesting because we are a one car, two adult household, and lots of people are often quite flabbergasted that we manage to live in the suburbs with one car. But I do think it's a huge saving when you look at how much people are spending every year on a car. So there's lots of uh, car share services now around which can make it much more viable to not have a car, like you know, Go Get or Flexi Car, or we use Pop Car because that's the the car share service that's closest to our house. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also use things like Uber to really fill in the gap for any second car trips. And you have to actually spend quite a lot on Uber. I think if you think it costs $8,000 a year to have a car, that's a lot of Uber trips mm-hmm. um, before actually it costs more money. So uh, certainly something worth thinking about. Excellent. Okay. So what are our top hacks this app? Log into your My Account at your state's road authority and set up your car rego notification so you don't forget to renew. Set up a reminder system to at least every two months do maintenance at home on your car, checking your oil, water and your tyre pressure. And don't forget to buy yourself a tyre pressure gauge. And consider which primary driver might get the best deal on your insurance next time you're comparison shopping. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. And if you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.